It's time for a podcast with Scabby Scabalicious. Uh oh. My son is busting up the, the, the sound recording. What's up, bud? Look, this is what I tried. Okay, so from Bloom, this is Scabs, and you're listening to Love Rice. It's our podcast where we are curious and we experiment with love and life and happiness. Over the summer, I mentioned that Bloom was intently listening to you. Your voice and your ideas have created this brainstorming boom at the office, which has resulted in adding the coolest new layer of depth to our Bloom program. So yes, our online program is still private and secure. And yes, we will continue to collect the most relevant video classes for our online library. But now when you sign up with Bloom, you'll also get personalized guidance from our team of therapists and experts. Our online plans include a weekly focus, flexible daily 15 to 30 minute check-ins, group discussions led by our team, and of course, connection with your tribe with other women who get it. At Bloom, we're passionate about healthy relationships, about personal growth, and the deepest kind of self-love. So log in with the promo code SCABS for 30 days free access at bloomforwomen.com. So I, I think this is part of what got cut off for me last time was when I asked you to tell me your name and your title. So could you give me a quick soundbite? <laughs> I know. <laughs> so sad. My name is Rob Bell and I write books and I'm a spiritual teacher and I travel around and I have a podcast called The Rockcast. Uh, but all that it sort of comes second to the fact that my wife Kristen and I have three kids. So that's what I do. If you didn't catch that, he has a podcast called The Robcast. And he is a father and a husband, and that is what he really does. The first time that Rob and I spoke together, my recording system quit halfway through, and he was kind enough and generous enough to give me a second interview, which during that interview we had so much interference, and I have to apologize for the sound quality on this podcast. But what we did capture from Rob is absolutely golden. We'll talk about despair, imagination, seasons, creativity, faith, risk, and the unknown. We'll talk about the conflict of logic and the heart, but the thing that struck me most about Rob was his words and how they really are filled with such love. I mean, it honestly feels more than love. It feels like like charity maybe, charity for our human humanness. So, let's get to it. Recently I had a conversation with a woman who, um, whose husband had left her with three children. And, um, and when I talked to her just about her life and maybe what she could do in her life, and she was just trying to figure her path out, um, everything came back negative. You know, I can't do this. I can't do that. This won't work because that didn't work because, and kind of this feeling of being acted upon instead of being the actor, mm -hmm. you know, in your life. Yep. Despair is the spiritual disease of believing that tomorrow will simply be a repeat of today. So it's interesting when you're interacting with that woman is everything that is proposed, every new idea uh, is met with despair, which is not an intellectual category. It's not um, something of the mind. It's something uh, of the heart. 
And it's fascinating how often we get stuck with this is just how it is and nothing's ever going to change. So the real thing we need liberation from is despair. And that involves an inbreaking or a disruption. It involves um, something bursting in that uh, destroys the equilibrium. And oftentimes people resist the very disruptions that are what create all of the new life. If I were talking to this woman, um, she's probably, her neural pathways have probably been formed. You know how it's like we act in certain ways and then our mm -hmm. brains <laughs> just end up going that direction all the time? In some ways, she's suffering a crisis of imagination. For so long, it's been a certain way that to even imagine feels, it's like a, it's like a muscle you don't have. Um, it's like a language you don't speak. And uh, sometimes imagination is how you burst out of despair or break down despair or break through despair. But yes, it's interesting. Sometimes when people shoot down everything and you realize we will not make progress until we deal with the much deeper issue. Yeah, I know. I, I, I love this idea that you're saying here to cultivate imagination. So when we're stuck in this place of I can't, there's nothing I can possibly do to live my life the way I want to live it. How do we, I mean, can you give me kind of an example, can you give me an example or a time or an experience that you know? Honestly, uh, sometimes people aren't in enough pain. A friend of mine recently was in a really bad situation, and the more uh, we talked, my friend could intellectually name why it was so bad, why the situation was terrible, why the situation wasn't sustainable, why the situation had, um, they had to leave it, but they kept staying in this situation, and it was like, oh, there just isn't enough pain yet. Um, so I meet lots of people who can tell you this is really screwed up. This is really messing up everything in my future. I am miserable. And then, but why do you stay? And they're actually not in enough pain. And uh, the the known is uh, less of a risk to them than actually leaving it. So I think sometimes you have to find out how much pain someone's in. I literally was talking to another friend about this other friend and was like, yeah, not enough pain yet. This was the other friend's assessment. Oh Isn't that gosh. fascinating? Yeah. Not in enough pain. So what you're doing is you are in talking and trying to convince them. You're essentially trying to take somebody, trying to take somebody somewhere they're not ready to go. Um, and until someone's ready to go there, uh, like the woman that you that you were talking about in the first mm -hmm. question, mm -hmm. um, you by all accounts she's miserable. Yeah. But then. All you did was receive, no, no, that's not possible, that's not possible, L almost like a defense. Like if it was a courtroom, mm -hmm. this is a defense for the status quo. Mm -hmm. I was blown away, <clears throat> yeah. And Yeah, exactly. And another friend of mine just recently said, I will not work harder on your problems than you will. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, this is a question of my life. It's like survival, right? You, you, you want to survive and, and you want to thrive. Like that's how I feel. So what is it in us that smashes that or diminishes that? Like, like in this example of this, this woman that we're talking about, what, what do you imagine would be diminishing her feeling of, of wanting to just ah, live her life, you know? Like, like why does someone not want the best life imaginable? Right. And right. Why, 
wouldn't you just kick down any door, right? <laughs> set anything on fire, and go to any class and read any book in order and get up off to, the couch and, and yeah, yeah. Well, I know. would I would say that uh, consciousness is the great mystery at the heart of the human experience. Why do you have? Let's say you have two alcoholics, and uh, their family and friends do interventions for each of the alcoholics, and the one <clears throat> alcoholic, everybody says, "We love you." We care so much about you. Clearly, alcohol is ruining your life. You know it. We know it. What can we do to get you help when the person says, I'll go to a meeting tonight. I'll do anything. Alcoholic B, second alcoholic, family and friends gather in their living room. We love you. Alcohol is ruining your life. You know it. We know it. What can we do to get you help? And the person says, F you. Get out of my living room. Right. Um, it's the great mystery. Why it is. do people at the deepest levels of their being or consciousness, why, do they, I, why does one person choose health? The other person goes the other direction. Why in times of great trauma, stress, loss, pain, suffering, heartache, why do some people become bitter and some people become better? Some people shut down. Other people open up. It's like it is the great mystery. And I think the reason why we our brains just can't understand it is the modern era and the birth of the scientific method and the lab and data and research, this way of seeing the world through logic and reason exploded uh, roughly 300 years ago and you have airports and hospitals and we have 10,000 songs in our pockets and the way that you do this, you build a big gleaming technological modern world is A plus B equals C. You break the world down into what you know about how certain things work. Apples fall at a certain speed from trees but the problem is the human heart doesn't work that way. It's not predictive. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think that's that's kind of a great conflict for me because I'm, I think we live in the greatest right. time where we know so much. We know how to heal and how to grow and how to bond and how to create, yet so many of us are lost. Right, right, right. So what happened is we were given more tools, more luxury, more... Uh, travel more opportunities than human beings have ever had in the history of the world, but the human heart and joy and desire is a completely different category. Um, and that is just makes people go crazy because you're like, why doesn't this person just do that? Um, because people want to be healthier, so why don't they just take these steps? Yeah, it's absolutely fascinating. It is absolutely fascinating. fascinating. <laughs> it is the question I, I am dying to find the answer to, actually. But <laughs> it sounds like, sounds like we won't quite find it. Um, so, so I'm wondering about this imagination thing that you brought up. You, you know, is this key to living that life that we're talking about? You have to begin with could things be better? So I will often, with people, just go right there immediately. So I assume in all interactions, there's a thing behind the thing, there's a question behind the question. And oftentimes people have a question like, why isn't this working? The much better question is, are you open to something better? And that might involve leap, that might involve risk, that might involve the unknown, and there might be some sort of cost. Usually there'll be some sort of cost. And any new movement forward will challenge whatever the previous assumptions are because tribes, families, marriages, towns, homes, workplaces, 
religious communities all have a center of gravity of consciousness, which is essentially, this is how things are done. And for many people, they learn to play by the rules. So this is how things are done. This is how we do it. And they became miserable, like the woman that you asked about. They're miserable. And to, to find a better life will generally involve some challenging of whatever everybody around you has decided is normal, quote unquote. You know what I mean? It will involve some challenging of that. You will run the risk that people won't understand, and there will always be some sort of cost. And uh, everybody that I know who's thriving, when you ask them about their, their story, they always tell these stories about key moments when they knew what they had to do and they knew that there would be a cost. Somebody wouldn't understand there would be some sort of financial thing. They'd have to move. It would take a bunch of work. It would be a leap into the unknown. There's always these moments of risk. So imagination and risk are deeply tied together. And I can't believe how many people I have talked to who talk about key moments in their life when there was a thing they could have done and they didn't do it. Um, and, it and an opportunity passed them by. The way that they understand their life is that the world has already been created. Its boundaries are in place. Its foundations are set. The world exists. And then spatially, many people were taught, you go out into the world and you find your place in it. And good luck. But uh, what I find absolutely fascinating is the ancient Hebrews talked about how the universe is unfinished. How the world is, hasn't been completed. And how what we do is take part in the ongoing creation of the world. So we create our lives. And for many people, when you use the word create, they immediately think of creativity like, well, I'm not very good at singing or painting, so that must not be me. But how you spend your time, how you organize your physical space, what you participate in, where you go to get a job, where you don't go, those are all creative decisions that you have made about how you're creating your life. Um, here's how. Here's a different way to think about your life. You get to create it. So uh, where do you want to go? What do you want to do? As a spiritual teacher, Rob says that he wants to bring back the sermon as an art form. And so now he travels around the world gathering people together where they discuss all the things of life. People literally will ask, in a room full of perfect strangers, hundreds of strangers, people will ask the most gut-level, brutally honest questions. It's, it is amazing. Like, I, give, me, um, give me an experience or tell me about a, a moment that sticks out to you. Something from a woman in Phoenix who raised her hand and said, my mom died nine days ago. What do you have to say to me? to a lawyer in Miami who stood up and she said, I'm a very good lawyer. I've been a lawyer for a while and I'm realizing there's something else I'm supposed to do, which means I have to leave being a lawyer. Do I do that? Can I do that? What will my family say? Wait, I could go do something else. People saying we decided 
that we were going to save our money and live very simply, and then we were going to travel. And like one couple, young couple in their early 30s having their first baby around at their other friends who are spending their energies trying essentially to get as safe and secure as possible in the suburbs. And this couple was like, we want adventure and we want our kid to feel like life is an adventure. So you can see like the wheels turning. Um, and then people just saying things like I was suicidal for years and now I feel like I'm on the long, slow road back. Um, but some people have wronged me and I can't let go. I let go of the bitterness. And then uh, in Sydney, a couple days ago, a man said that he and his wife are separating and he said, I'm no longer going to live in the same house as my young daughter. And I can't even imagine not living in the same house as her. Help me think about this in some way that doesn't just leave me absolutely bereft. So what do, you, what do you say? What are your responses? I mean, when someone says, just like the man you described, you know, that he's, he's has this experience, he's getting yeah. divorced, he's not going to be with his child. Ouch, yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> you know? I talked to him about seasons. I said, first off, and this is, this is what comes up in 90% in of the things people want to talk about. Pain must be given expression or it's somewhere down in your being and it will come out in some other destructive way. Mm-hmm. And that whatever you are experiencing in response to whatever trauma, tra- pain, loss, heartbreak, betrayal you've experienced, whatever you're experiencing is totally normal. You know what I mean? Doubt, fear, rage, worry euphoria uh, for many people they're having a very real response to some event in their life and they're like is it okay to feel this way or most tribes families institutions have codes about what you can talk about and what you can't you know what i mean right and usually the code is unwritten right um, we do express these emotions we don't express those emotions but that pain or that no we don't acknowledge that or talk about that so the first thing is to let people know Whatever you're feeling, you have to give it expression or it's somewhere deep in your bone. Which is why traditionally poetry, literature, religion, rituals, you know what I mean, were all ways that people gave to pain. You had a ceremony, you had a song, you had a special liturgy that you did, you lit a candle, you dug a hole, you went on a journey. Tribes, religions, cultures had ways to give expression to the human experience. But what the problem in the modern world is many people, religion failed them, and they rejected things that should be rejected, but in the process lost some of these absolutely vital uh, expression to our pain. So I talked to him about that, and then I and then we talked about I talked about seasons and how there are seasons to life and that nature all around us the rising and setting of the sun summer fall winter spring the cells in your body that are dying and new cells that are being born your 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 body and the the creation around you is constantly going through seasons as you know as a parent your kids almost like force you to to adjust to different seasons. Oh, for sure. And some seasons are good, like your kid graduated from kindergarten, and you, that's good. That's a good change from season. You don't want your kid to stay in kindergarten for four years. No. So <laughs> that's good. But some seasons come about because of pain, loss, and divorce. Right, right. And so the question is, 
what does this season need? And what is different about this season than the previous season? And uh, wow, my kids are now not home during the day. They're at they're at school all day, so all of a sudden a bunch of time opened up. Or they are more independent, which suddenly means I have more energy. Or wow, we have more money than we used to. We need to rethink some things only than we used to. Um, so I think that what happened in the modern world is if the, if the television show is funny for five seasons, then they make seven seasons of it. Yeah, you know do. what I mean? Yeah. It's like just, just stay in the known and comfortable. And what's really interesting to me is how many people, if you ask them, is there a point in your life where you stayed too long and you now realize yes. you should have gone? <laughs> you stayed known and comfortable. And you would not believe there'll be a crowd of everybody nods. And, and what happens when you stay too long is a graduation becomes a divorce. <laughs> and That's a good line right there. <laughs> so often what happens is somebody, they were at that job and, all, and they were like, you know what, I need to go do the next thing. But they stayed and then uh-huh. they eventually did uh-huh. leave and it got a little dodgy. And they look back and they well, it was the right moment to leave and I didn't take it. Um, hmm. and, uh, so that's what I think is really, really, really interesting. And I'm telling you when people see this, so, so like with this gentleman, I said, you're going to have to grieve. By the way, I said to him, I just want you to know every person in this room right now is like feeling your heart and the whole place erupted in applause for this man. It was amazing. And then just said, so you're now entering a new season. And uh, you're gonna, you'll have to figure out what does this season look like? What does it now mean to be my daughter's father? And, and it'll probably have a bunch of challenges. It may even have some upsides that you will surprise you. And every season will bring new opportunities and new challenges. And uh, if you can think about it in that way, all right, this happened. And then in moving from one season to the next, often you have to grieve the season that is passing. You'll be really sad. You'll be driving along and you'll be crying. Okay, some days you'll just want to listen to Depeche Mode. Some days you'll need a long walk. Some days you'll need to go to the pub with your friends. Totally normal. And just keep telling yourself, I'm grieving. Because the more honest you are about your grief, the sooner you may actually move through it and heal. Mm. You know, I really like the idea of the seasons. Um, I I like to think of my life as phases, so that really resonated with me. Um, So, question about getting stuck, like you're saying. So what are the hurdles to actually taking that open door when it's time to leave something, a job, a relationship, a school, uh, whatever it might be? Well, one of the uh, interesting things I've observed, you have enough shape and form and texture for the next stage that you can leap. So oftentimes people are like, okay, I'm done here, but I need everything completely laid out whole nother dimension of you being you will often demand some level of faith, risk, and the unknown. Because what happened is the people that I have interviewed, the people that I've asked this about, who are doing really amazing things, everyone on their own always, always, always bring up key moments when they knew they had to step forward, but everything wasn't perfectly spelled out. Either there wasn't enough money, there wasn't enough direction, there wasn't a sure and certain path, 
but they knew I either leap now or something within me dies. So when people are looking around like, wow, I, this is really, th- this, is, this, this is a little bit scary. Yep. Yep. Yeah, there'll always be a little bit of fear and terror. That's what makes it interesting. Um, but oftentimes the question asked is, I know this is a leap forward, but if you turn around and look to where you've been, it may be even bigger leap backward. Like, do you want to live your life wondering what would happen if you would have taken that leap? But like, no, I don't want to live regretting that I took this leap. Okay, then you got to take it. Learn more at robbell.com. Check out his podcast, events, and books. And this is all good stuff. Thank you for listening and for giving us your time. And especially thanks for all the iTunes reviews and the love that you have sent our way. We love to hear from you. And so please, if you haven't already, send us your review on iTunes. Also, I want to give a special shout out to JBud and Alicia for their production assistance and editing assistance on this podcast. Without you guys, I could not have done this. All right. Peace out, everybody. Till next week.